Is there anyone like our God? Is there anyone like our God? Not one. Well, we want to welcome everybody to Spruce Grove Community Church. If you're visiting with us, if this is your first time, we're glad you're here. We know that it is not by fluke you are in this building. That the Lord has a plan for you this day. He sees you. His eyes are on you. And for each one, if this is your church home, it's no different. He loves each and every one of us. He sees exactly where we're at. And this morning, he's saying the same thing to every single one of us. Just come as you are before me. My sons and my daughters, come before me today because he is here. Do we believe that this morning? He is with us. I want to read a simple scripture to you. You all know this one. It's out of John 8.36. I'll say the first part. You can say the second part. So if the Son sets you free, so if the Son sets you free, do we realize we have that freedom amongst ourselves right now? It does not matter if we're sick. It doesn't matter if we're struggling with stuff. That freedom is here right now because we are sons and daughters of the Most High King. Amen? If you've had a bad week, it's time to put that week down. If you've had a good week, it's time to rejoice and be glad because He is always good. Regardless, He is worthy of His worship. Amen? So this morning as we go into worship, let's give Him everything we have because He is a good God. Amen? So Father, we choose to worship You this morning because You are good. Father, we are thankful That when we accepted you into our lives, you set us free from everything. All the sin, all the bondage, all the sickness, all the stuff. You have set us free. And so today we choose to honor you because you are good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship him this morning. Let's just stretch our hands to him right now. There's nothing like the love of the Father. And I think you've all heard it within the worship this morning that the Father's love is available right now. In fact, I believe there are lies over many of you that He doesn't love you. He doesn't love me. Well, right now we want to break those lies. Those lies are not true. And in fact, right now, he's telling you, he's using us right now as vessels to tell you that I love you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Father, we declare your love over each man, over each woman, over each child in this room. We declare that your love would break through all the lies, all the deceptions, all the hurts, all the wounds, but that the love of God would reign on high in each of our lives. And that you would move inside of each of us in this moment, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Darlene, come on up here. I just want Darlene to do 
declare scripture that she had, and I want her to read it to you. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord just spoke to my spirit. He said, my love is stronger than death. And I feel, um, then he just gave me this word, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Father, I pray the revelation of your death would bring the healing and the resurrection power over death in your body. Come, Holy Spirit, and reveal to us the love of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, I believe as we get ready to transition, I think the heart of the Lord is just trying to remind us of how deep His love goes. There are so many things, distractions, situations that take place in our life. It's easy for us to sometimes lose that hope, to be discouraged, but the love of God is being declared right now that He loves every single one of you in this room. He loves you so much, and that love will never fade. Do we believe that this morning? Because it's the truth, right? The love of God is there for everyone in this room this morning. He loves us. With that, Cam Hunter, we welcome you to come and speak. Forget that there's a person standing here. Because we've already had the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place for an hour. Tune in to that. I'll be whatever limited expression in and around that, but tune into the Holy Spirit because He's saying things that I'm not saying. He's speaking your language if I'm not, because He's the God of each one of us. So I'm going to try and get a cup of water standing in a waterfall. If you don't get that same cup of water, get your own cup. There's a waterfall. Okay? Lean in. So the backdrop, actually, you know what? Who's sitting next to you? Turn and give somebody a high five. That's going to be one of your anchor points this morning. High five. Okay, some of you are over-eager. You're high-fiving everybody in the neighborhood, so stop it. Focus. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to do my best to navigate what Holy Spirit's doing, because I got set up for teaching, and teaching is very structured and regimented and whatnot, but there's this other thing in me that goes, woohoo, the wind. So, bear with me. The backdrop is Ephesians 4. So we're going to put up Ephesians 4, start about verse 10. Did you know that Jesus gave the church gifts? Did you know that they're different than the Holy Spirit's gifts? 
Ephesians 4 here, just before verse 10, says, um, where should I start here? But each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Then you skip to 10. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order that the whole universe, in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave, here's the gifts, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people. Wait a minute. Are we on the verse 11? So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So now the teacher part of me gets a little greeky. Because how many of you know words mean stuff? I have discovered that the things that are said in Greek are a little different when they get translated into English. So just as a side rabbit trail for a second, I was talking to a Greek friend of mine from work today. He speaks Greek. He's fluent, whatever. Right now, his mind is being blown by one word. The word is forgiveness. We think forgiveness, okay, that means the debt's canceled, whatever, that's great. Do you know what the Greek meaning of forgiveness is? We both fit in the same room. We both fit in the same room. Do you know what it's like when you got something against somebody and you're like, I can't even look at them, or I can't be in the same room with them? Forgiveness is, we both fit in the same room. Now, that's interesting to me at a, at a human level. Okay, that means that's good. But what does it mean if the God of the universe has forgiven you? That one was for free. I love the Greek. I'm getting more and more into it. And so that's where we're going to go is into a few of these Greek words because... They're pretty wild. So there's two things I want you to anchor to here. Um, It says that the fivefold are given four. Everybody say four. Four. Okay. That's word number one that you have to remember. Four. There are two reasons that these five are given. For the equipping of the saints. So first Greek word, equipping. We tend to think equipping means, you know, something kind of generic and whatnot. But the Greek word is katartismos. And before I tell you what that means, three years ago in uh, November, I was in Israel. We were at a gathering. I slept on the hardest bed of my life. I popped ribs out from my spine. Couldn't sleep in the bed for more than an hour. Had to sit up leaned against the wall to sleep because my back was in such pain. I've never been to a chiropractor before, but I got back from Israel, went to the chiropractor, and I'll tell you up front, I don't like chiropractors. (laughs) I don't like the idea of getting cracked, but I needed to get cracked. And I won't go to the rest of that story, but come back around to Catartismo, and you find out that equipping means bones getting set as in you've got broken bones or dislocated bones. So one of the functions of the fivefold is to fix up the broken bones and get you aligned. 
Now, because I'd never been to a chiropractor before, he was walking me through, here's what I'm going to do. And I thought I was going to get the dry run, and then he would do it. And he's like, and then I'm going to come lie and we're going to crack you. And I was like, and immediately, that, you know when you get angry like that, and the red flush comes all the way up? He's like, I know, I know, you wanted to punch me, didn't you? So ministry sometimes is not the... Ministry sometimes is, I need to crack you. And you might not like it. And if that's one of the functions that Christ gave to you, it's because you needed it, and you've got to make some room for it. Now, the second way you can interpret that word is entirely different. It's not medical at all. It's military. And this is where we get the, the feel of equipped. It's about supplying the troops. It's about getting them trained. It's about making sure you got a gun, you got some body armor, that's your helmet. Put your boots on. And it's also a word that means artesian. So there's this flair of artistry and creativity all packed into one word in this sentence. So that changes what it means a little bit to have somebody minister to you. So let's go into it a, a little bit later in the Word. Okay, so still in that same one, you're equipping, perfecting the saints to do ministry or service. So there's another Greek word there. Diakonia. Diakonia directly translates to Thoroughly kick up dust. There's another Greek word that means the same thing. It's get your butt going. Say it with me. Get your butt going. (laughs) It's very specific in that sense of get moving. It's, you know, a king sending the servant, get down to the market. I need two apples and a banana. And they're like, go. So Christ gave gifts to the church to set this up. And how much are we ready to get cracked? How much are we ready to get get going? It's a bit of a challenge. Remember, the backdrop of all of this is still love, and we'll get around to that. So the next Greek word is for the building up of the body of Christ. The the word building oikodema. I don't speak Greek. It literally means constructing a house, constructing a home. So it's not just knock some nails together, build a building. It's got that flavor of home. Home means family. So the fivefold are building you up, they're cracking you, they're supplying you and whatnot. They're building the house so that family can come together and love each other. The second word I want you to remember is until. We did four. Now we're doing until. Say until. What does until mean? It means you ain't done yet. 
And then he lists, when are you going to be done? I'll tell you when you're going to be done. So you need the fivefold to do all this stuff, crack you, supply you, equip you, kick your butt to get going in ministry, until, number one, oh, the until. Until is a really cool word. Until doesn't mean just until. Cantante somen is the Greek word. We translate it to reach or attain. What it actually means is to come down from in order to meet face to face. So you come down from the hills to meet at the coast. It's more of a sense of a, there's effort and there's humility to come down in order to meet in the unity of the faith. So that means, well, you might be up in your high place about here's the thing that I do that I love that I'm really good at and whatever, and here's the doctrine that I believe. To come to the unity of faith, you end up coming down to meet at a lower place. So that's until number one. Until number two is until you get to know the Son of God. The word know isn't just no. It's epignosis in Greek. It's related to the same word that Mary said to the angel, how is it possible that I could get pregnant because I have not known a man? It's firsthand, personal, experiential knowledge. I know you. So there's no option for staying at a distance in the church. There's no option for being observer status. There's no option for being disconnected. Because we're being brought into family. We're being brought into connection with God. What's the first commandment of the promise? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, your strength. What's the second You love your neighbor as yourself. So the first two commandments tell you who God is. He is entirely all about love and relationship. And so the fivefold are given to build that. He can say more in silence. The third until. There's no Greek in this one. Until you complete the full measure of the stature of Christ. So it doesn't stop until you're equally matched to Jesus. So what does that mean? It means you're not allowed to stay the way you are. You're not allowed to be just plateaued here. It means there's more yet. More of the love of God. More of the presence of God. More of the gifting. In Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, the very first fruit is love. We sang that this morning. It's impossible for us to love without God. It's impossible for us to do these other things without God. One of the fruits of the Spirit is also faith. You can't believe without the Spirit of God. So we're all getting connected into that at a higher and higher level. And at the very end of that, that, that passage about the fruits of the Spirit, and against such things, there is no limit. There's no law. You can have more faith. You can have more joy. You can have more peace. 
because the Holy Ghost is unlimited. And it's matched with our capacity to love. If we can love people, he'll turn loose resources. So we gave you the fours and we gave you the untils. So who are these five anyway? Hold hands and form a circle. Okay, this is cool. Now drop hands. Everybody stay in the position you are, but turn around and face the audience. Yeah, everybody face out this way. Okay, you thought they were the only audience participation. You're wrong. All of you out here, put your hands up. Put them this way. Now this way. Now this way. Wave. Ho. Wave. Excellent. So this is the stormy sea. You've been on a cruise ship. The cruise ship went down. You are now on a lifeboat. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thank you for that part. You're not off the hook yet. The waters are really rough. You're terrified. You don't know what to do. Thank you. That's so good. Don't worry, though. Christ has appointed a gift for you. Put your coffee down. Come on. Jump in the boat. Where's Gord? Gord! So in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the, oh no, we don't know what to do, we don't know anything, thank God. God has put in the midst of them a teacher. Now the cool thing about a teacher is this teacher understands lifeboats. He knows where the life jackets are. Pass out the life jackets, would you? <laughs> he also knows that there's paddles on this thing. So when you're done with life jackets, pass out the paddles. Everybody's still fairly upset, though, because they don't know how to use this stuff. Boats going in circles. <laughs> the pastor, thank goodness, understands that everybody's terrified and afraid. And so he starts to comfort them. Hey, it's going to be okay. You give him a little kiss on the cheek little massage, some encouraging words. Okay, so between the two of them now, everybody's calmed down a little bit. They've got oars, so now we all know, okay, we got to paddle. So everybody, they're all paddling. Okay, this is pretty good. It's all good. Matt. So this guy swims up from the water, Jumps in the boat. <laughs> this is my story. Who said that? So here's the evangelist. Now, the evangelist recognizes, hey, you've got a boat. That's cool. You've got all these people with gear and whatnot. There's some food on board. Everybody's got some water. We've got a bit of stability. But what about all those people still in the water? So at first, he'll try and convince everybody, okay, let's go paddle around and pick up all the people. Okay, so we all start paddling in the direction the mat's going. Now, if we go too slow, the evangelist is likely to just jump overboard, go grab somebody, and drag them back. So <laughs> off goes Matt, the evangelist, to go drag somebody in. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, and he's still going, because this is what evangelists do. They're just going to keep filling the boat. Now, the pastor starts to realize this boat only has seating for 12. <laughs> the teacher's going, okay, I've got to start recalculating who's going to get... So we're starting to get a little stressed out. Well, thank goodness, also in here, there is a prophet. Bethany is a prophet. Now, the thing about prophets is they're not necessarily concerned about paddling. Why? Because they have a radio. They're the only ones. They've got a ham radio. So put your headphones on. She's hearing things that nobody else can hear. She knows. Coast Guard has dropped off some supplies with a beacon in the water. Now, we all just got to paddle that way to go get the beacon and, and the extra supplies. So you're, you're start telling everybody. <laughs> nobody else can see the beacon. She's the only one with the radio. They're not sure what channel she's listening to. So they start. Maybe in that direction, maybe in that direction, and the evangelist is still putting people in the boat. Because that's what evangelists do. <laughs> so this situation is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. But thanks be to God, there's an apostle. Come and jump in the boat, Kim. <laughs> yes, you. Exactly. So the apostle gets in the boat and he's like, hold everything. This is all going off in different directions. What we need is a unified vision because we've got to get to the island that he spots on the horizon. So the teacher's got things fine. He understands all the stuff in the boat. The pastor's got everybody relaxed, whatever. He's ministering to the new guys that come in. The evangelist is filling the boat. That's great. The prophet's hearing where we got to go to get the way stations, whatever. The apostle is going to get us to the island where we can now explore a whole new country and civilize it and, and, and establish. Thank you, everyone. You may be seated. So the gifts of Christ are totally unique and in some cases even contradictory because you've got the pastor and the teacher. They're, they're worried about the people in the boat, right? That's all they see is just, okay, we've got to make sure you're okay, you're okay, whatever. All right, yeah, paddle, do all that. The evangelist is not worried about the guy in the boat. The prophet is not so much worried about the boat or any of that sort of stuff. He's busy looking up, just hearing God. That's their primary motive. The teacher's primary motive is make sure people know the stuff, know the Bible, know the doctrines, know the, how do I do this stuff. The pastor is making sure your heart is okay, that you're growing and everything's going to be all right. The evangelist is going, okay, this is going to stagnate if we don't get more people. Prophets focusing on God. The apostle is making sure that there's a bigger vision. Now, the Bible also says earlier in Ephesians 2, that this is built, all of this is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And in 1 Corinthians, it talks about, he gave, you know, first apostles, then prophets, then teachers. But this foundational element of prophets and apostles is all about hearing God and having a vision to take over. So in the context of the fivefold is given to get you ready to, here are the main pieces to take over. Hear God and take over. Now, how do we know this is sure? Because there's only one purpose, one reason, one meaning of the word apostle. 
Apostle is a military term that was used first by the Phoenicians and then by the Romans. The apostle is only a military term. It's the flagship of a naval armada that's going into a new land. And particularly, the apostle is the commander of that ship and that whole naval unit. And when he hits land, his job is to make the land that he touches down on just like Rome. Culture, economy, language, everything. It's to take over and make it just like the sending country. Now, all of these are still an expression of the love of God into the world. Not just into the church, the love of God into the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his son in order to do all this. So that means each of us has a place in it. And what I felt like coming into this morning is that there's a number of us in this church, but in the church, kind of the Western church, that we don't know our place. And part of the problem has been, the typical model of church has been pastors and teachers. Sometimes an evangelist is tolerable on staff, but they they kind of mess things up because there's just always new people in it. But we've largely not been ready to deal with a prophet, and an apostle full-time. But that's changing. There have been some seismic shifts in the world, and particularly in Canada. And I'm sure a number of us here have been feeling in, in recent months this shift is going on. We're seeing people getting saved. We're seeing people getting delivered. In fact, actually, where's Murray? Murray, do you want to come and share that story real quick? Fortunately, I know what really quick means. <laughs> and I don't like talking in front of people either. Um, so recently we had a, I don't even know how to describe it, but um, somebody that we'd been praying for for 30 years, call it, has had a major shift in the last couple of weeks. And, and this whole life that is just... <laughs> it's, it's, this person was just kind of stuck in this loop. And, and in a moment, God broke them out of it. In a moment, it shifted. In a moment, it changed. And, and, and it's... Uh, it's it's so cool. It's it's uh, I I wish, I wish it had been. This is selfish, but I wish it had been because I was fasting and praying over those thirty years and crying out. And but honestly, there's a there's a point um, where hope begins to wane. And uh, and and I, I I think that was under my control. I think God has this fire hose of hope aimed at us. And I put a valve on the end of it because I couldn't, I didn't think I could live in a place where there was all this hope and there was all this disappointment. I didn't think my heart could live there. And I think God wants us to live there. And so even today after talking to Cam about it, he began speaking about this valve and 
I'm like, oh, I should open the valve. And he's like, well, you should probably take the valve off. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, so, I th so he wants to stir up hope in us again for these things, these people, uh, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, family members, our country, people groups, whatever it is that, that you've been hoping for, that that hope has begun to wane. I, he wants to open that right up. And he wants us to, to live in that place in full assurance of hope. We talked about love all day today. Love always hopes. Yes. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I had to repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I, I turned that down. You are able to heal my heart. And so if I go today in full assurance of hope and then I find out they didn't work, then I get up in the morning and I get up in full assurance of hope again. Again and again and again and again. So I become a fool for love. And um, yeah, so we're, we're pretty excited about this. This is, it's an amazing shift for us. And so now it's opening up other possibilities. It's like, oh, if, if you could do that, well, there's other things here, <laughs> like, you know, so, yeah. That's good. Thank you. That's just one testimony of what's happening just in our body. In recent months, people have been physically healed. They've been emotionally and spiritually and mentally realigned. And because this is happening, it's, it's like when you start clicking into place, you know, the dislocated bones and stuff. Suddenly your walk doesn't look like this, and it starts to be able to move. And the Holy Spirit in this season, see, I'm shifting gears. The teacher part was that, now I'm shifting gears. The Holy Spirit in the coming season, in you, in you, in you, in you, is going to start doing some things that break out of old patterns, that, that shift out of neutral, that shift the cycles away from it's always going to be this way because it's always been this way. Not anymore. That's what's starting to take place. People are starting to get saved. Deliverance is beginning to happen. Healings and miracles are increasing because that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's starting to demonstrate His love almost in spite of us. It's like it's reached the right time and it's just going to happen whether you prayed or didn't pray. Because it's about him. It was never about us. It was never about our ability to perform up to standard. It was entirely about his will, his desire, his love, his power. And a grace coming on us to just agree. Okay, God, this is what you want to do, I'm in. And it's all tied back to this same idea of being full-hearted. Full-hearted when you pray, full-hearted when you worship, full-hearted to serve into the community. Now, why is this all important for us? Because this house, 40, whatever it was years ago, was built by the fivefold. We lost some of that over years. And then we had the prophets show up two decades ago, and they started reminding us of who we are and said, these are the things that are going to take place. And let me tell you, the check marks are starting to, they're happening now, what that means for us, and you've started to feel it already, we just had these guys put in place as lead pastors. There's an evangelism gift in there, too. And, huh, interesting. You put that in place, and people start getting saved. Weird. 
Now, I know that there's people in here that you've got motivations that haven't quite lined up yet. You felt like you're just not in sync. But let me tell you, this season, get ready. Because the call's coming on you. You're going to start getting plugged into things. Okay? It's going to be prayer meetings. It's going to be serving into the communities. Whatever those things are. Because God has intentionally, uniquely gifted each of you. And we tend to line up behind one of these five in general. We need the pastors to pastor. We need people to check on us when things are going rough and, you, you know, that friendly hug and, hey, how are you doing and what? Oh, saved my life. We need the teachers to be able to spell out how do we do this stuff. Did you know that you can all prophesy? Did you know? Do you want to? Spitting, sorry. My kind of deficit for me is the evangelism thing. That just doesn't line up for me. But what happens when you get somebody with an anointing for evangelism? Suddenly you start going, hey, maybe I can do this, and you can step into it. It's the same with these other gifts. And so the Spirit of God is raising up the water level in you. So prepare your hearts. Start setting time aside. Start putting things aside to make room because the tide's coming in. Oh, I said that and I felt the Spirit just go, Whoa. Oh, Holy Ghost. There are some that have been offended at one of the five or more. We've seen things in our church history that said, thank you, but never again. And we've shut it off, but God's wanting to turn it back on. So there's some of us that we've got to get right with that expression of the love of God. We thought it was corrupt. We thought it did damage. We thought it wasn't meant for today. We thought whatever these things were, we shut off an aspect of the love of God. Because he's going to love into the world at full speed, at full throttle with whoever, the eyes of the Lord, roaming to and fro throughout the earth, seeking a heart who's completely his. And he will pour through anointing like mad on that person, that man, that woman, that child, whoever will give their heart to God and just say, yes, I'm in, let's go. And I just, I feel in the air who wants this. Now, the interesting thing, because I'm flowing on this particular avenue, is I don't know what to do next. So I just feel a sustaining of, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? I feel the faith. I feel the, there's something but now I need one of the other gifts to step in as well because that's how this works. It's not Lone Ranger. This is the highest one. Everybody bow down. It's we are five together. I just want to read the rest of that passage out of Ephesians. Starting in verse 14, it says, Then we will no longer be like children forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone... Uh, someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Did you hear that one part? When we function together, it actually helps the whole body grow. That's important for us to, to grab onto that. 
You know, about a year ago, I went to Peru with Mark and, and a team, and I've shared this a few times. It was one of the first times I was able to watch the five-fold work where there was no competition. Where nobody was saying, no, it's prophecy that we should be doing. No, it's evangelism. No, we should just be teaching or doing this. It was everybody actually saying, you know what? We all have a part. And when we all function in our part, everything begins to change. People are taught. People are saved. We saw probably over 30 or 40 people saved in four days. But you know, in our church, in the last three to four months, just because we've been paying attention to this, we've had over 10 salvations in our church. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we should be clapping. Because the whole body's meant to function. And let me tell you something. This house will function that way. We have made a decision. We have made a choice that each part of the body, regardless of what part you represent today, you are welcome in this house In fact, we need you in this house. You are part of the bigger picture of what God is trying to do. Not just in this house, but in this community. And as we learn how to come together with all these giftings, all of those dreams that you have, regardless in which area it is, they begin to come true. Because we're functioning the way we're meant to function. The picture I got, it's almost like you got these different valves. I like the valve illustration, you know, that they're all shooting on their own. But just imagine opening up one thing where they're all shooting at once. It changes everything. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? I'm going to say this. If you have ever felt that the peace of the body that you are has not been welcomed in this house, we want to say to you, we're sorry. We repent for that because you are welcome. We want you here. Evangelists, we want you here. In fact, we need you here. It shifts our faith when people get saved. It builds an excitement in us. It reminds us what this whole thing's about. That not one would perish. Not about just us going to this place. About all of us going to that place. Including the ones that are not in this house today. That's his heart. That's his desire. When the teachers teach, guess what? We actually know what we're talking about. We need to understand the Word of God. It was spoken already today. This needs to be the foundation of who we are doesn't matter if you're an evangelist or whatever it is. That has to be the foundation. So we are going to be a church that teaches. We are going to be a church that pastors. Why? Because in order to get a healthy community, we need a healthy church. And we need to be healthy individually. Each and every one of us. Our heart is that all of you would be fully healed. Fully delivered. Fully freed. From all that bondage, all that hurt, all that stuff. 
We don't want anybody sitting in here feeling like you have to carry that because we're not going to pastor. We are going to pastor. And there are many pastors in this house. And we call you to rise up and pastor. And we will not reject the prophet's We need the guidance. We need the direction. We need our leader. We need Pastor Mark. We say he is welcome in this house. We want him in this house. We need him in this house. And we need the apostle. Can we say yes to all of this? Can we push off that side of us that wants to join in with the one part that is more like us? And can we realize we actually will not obtain the things that we are called to obtain and we t- until we do it the way he's called, it to do it, called us to do it? This is the truth. So today I will say this. Be activated to do your part in the name of Jesus Christ. Be activated to do your part in the name of Jesus Christ. Begin to dream. Share your dreams with us. We want to hear them because we need to function. It's not about the works, but let me tell you something. The byproduct of us fully loving him is the work gets done. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that your body will step into the place that you've called them to be in. Father, that we will no longer sit stagnant, whatever the reasons are, but today we will choose to say, Yes and amen. I will walk in the calling. I will not compare. I will choose to accept the giftings you've given me. In fact, I say thank you in the name of Jesus. And today I say I'm going to function in them. I'm going to use them. Evangelist, it's time. We sang the song today. He leaves the 99 for the one. Not one will be abandoned. Not one will be left alone. That is our heart. That is our desire. Not one in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father God, right now, take the fears away. Take the intimidations away. Take the rejection away. Take all the doubts away in the name of Jesus and fill each one in here right now with the faith to function in what you've called them to function in. We bless them. In the name of Jesus Christ, can we say amen to that? Amen.